When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We talk football recruiting, focusing on defense and special teams on this edition of the Ziggy Cast. This is the BGSU Ziggy Cast from Learfield, your home for Falcons updates, interviews, previews, and highlights. Now, here is your host, Todd Walker. Thanks for coming back for our second part of the review of the football recruiting class. Todd Walker here with you. Today we're going to talk defense and special teams. We'll hear from all of our defensive position coaches and special teams coach Alex Bear, one of the new coaches on staff. And then we'll follow it up with another talk with head coach Scott Leffler as we review the latest flock of Falcons coming in as football recruits. We have a brand new group of Falcons to talk about with recruiting 2022 with BGSU football. And the biggest group is in the defensive backfield. I'm here to talk about them as defensive coordinator Eric Lewis. First of all, coach, we've got five kids to talk about here. So you felt clearly as a staff this was a need in recruiting. Let's talk about that first. It is. You know, in this conference, we play with a lot of defensive backs, you know, based on the style of offenses we play. So that's a large part of it. Uh, we did graduate. Uh, one senior, uh, Devin Taylor, who's right now in preparation for the NFL draft. Uh, but you know we we're down on numbers, so we did need it. Felt we needed to sign you know a number of guys. So let's start with Jalen Husky out of uh, Gaithersburg, Maryland, and uh, six foot one, which is sort of typical. Is listed as a cornerback. Take me through his skill set and what you liked about this young man. Yeah, from Quinn's Orchard, Orchard High School. Uh, he was recruited by Coach June. Uh, he's done an excellent job. He's we had him in for workouts this summer. 
Uh, he's a long, very athletic young man. Uh, played a variety of positions in high school. You know, uh, good, high character guy. Comes from a great high school, and we're really looking forward to seeing him play. And uh, that's a uh, high school recruit, and of course you've mixed in quite a bunch of transfers as well. So we'll be mixing those together as we go. A, a transfer is Chris Bacon. He was at Georgia State for four years. He's coming in six one, uh, listed as a safety. Talk about Chris. Chris started at safety at Georgia State for a number of years. He's from Westlake High School uh, down in Atlanta, a very highly regarded high school program. Uh, he's a very intelligent uh, young man. He's already here on campus. He's been working hard, learning the defense already. Uh, he's very physical, athletic. Uh, you know, we're looking for him to do some big things this year. When you went to get grad transfers or transfers from other schools to play defensive back, specifically in his case, safety, was it important that there was some continuity between what they were running and what you want to run, or were you just looking at sheer talent? No, that, that's very important. Uh, Georgia State actually runs a similar scheme to us. Uh, which was important. It's made his transition even so far uh, much smoother. So that, that is an important factor. More defensive backs to talk about with Coach Lewis. Jordan Olokadun, uh, he is from Tampa, and this is a high school recruit. Talk about Jordan. Uh, Jordan actually went to Samford uh, University for a year uh, this past semester. He was uh, very highly recruited from uh, uh, Tampa Gaither High School, uh, he was originally committed to University of Iowa for a long time. Uh, things, you know, kind of fell apart there, and he ended up at Sanford for a year. So we're excited to have him. He's very athletic, uh, a very good cover corner. Okay. Well, see, I even got confused. <laughs> we'll try and keep it all straight, whether they're transfers or high school kids. Another one to talk about is uh, from Maryland, another a cornerback, Darius Lorfels. What do you have to say about him? Uh, Darius from Northwest High School. Uh, again, a very good all-around athlete. He's, he's a solid 6'2 with a, a big wide shoulder, big frame. He's one of the top decathletes in the country as well. So he's an outstanding guy in track, a high hurdler. Uh, his athleticism really showed out, up for us. You know, he came to work out as well this summer, uh, and we ran him through drills, and, and he was very impressive. Well, and 6'2", that's on the bigger side for a cornerback in the Mid-American Conference as well, isn't it? It definitely is. Both the high school uh, corners we signed, Jalen Husky and uh, Darius Lorfels, uh, very long, big kids, you know, uh, definitely a different aspect to the game that they'll be bringing. And one other defensive back to talk about coming into BGSU with this recruiting class is from Akron Hoban, a powerhouse program in Ohio, Markham McKinney. Uh, talk to me about his skill set. He was listed as an athlete when he was being recruited, so I'm, I'm imagining we can start there. Yeah, he is, a, he is an athlete. He played, uh, you know, both offense and defense for his high school you know, he's a very good running back that showed up on film. You know, we're going to look at him as safety and possibly on offense as well. He's a true athlete. Uh, he started his career at Barberton High School. The, the Magics of, of Coach Leffler. Yep, yeah. the home, the alma mater of Scott Leffler. So that's always, a, you know, that gives him a leg up for sure. But he's a very good athlete. And played for a great program. And I know you guys really think that's a big factor when you're recruiting guys. It is. Uh, you know, whether that's here locally in Ohio, you know, Archbishop Hoban's obviously very well known, very well respected. And then the high school program's out of state. Uh, you know, we're trying to, trying to go with places that have had, you know, winning traditions over the years. I think that's important. We're going to talk linebackers now with this 
associate head coach and linebackers coach Steve Morrison. Specifically, coach, your position, the inside linebackers in the 3-4. So let's start with a transfer you're bringing in from Wake Forest. I think we got some connections there, right? (laughs) DJ Taylor. uh, And this guy has played a bunch for Wake Forest. So he's a veteran, and I'm imagining that maybe more mature physically, too. Tell us about DJ Taylor. You, You hit the nail on the head. One, he comes from a great program. He knows how to practice. He's got a ton of experience. Uh, he was a, a full-time starter for a couple of years, had some injury issues, and uh, you know that's the opportunity that we got to, to get him back up here. Uh, but he's he's a well-versed player, super experienced. He's, he, he's a guy that can come in and play right away. He's developed, he's physically mature, uh, and for a really you know he's a big guy. He's 245 pounds, uh, really athletic. Um, but he's going to bring a lot to our table, a lot to my room. We don't have a senior in our room. Uh, so to be able to plug in that leadership will be super effective. I talked with Coach Lewis about the DBs bringing in transfers, about how big is it that they've been in a similar system as opposed to just their skill set and their other intangibles. How does DJ fit in that layer of uh, options there? Well, the, different scheme-wise, but really his skill set is we, the more we watched him throughout his career, he really possessed – possesses a lot of the skill sets that we're using uh, with our inside guys in terms of his movement. He's really patient. Uh, he's, he, he can diagnose plays really, really well and, and play fast and trigger. So not necessarily the same scheme, but has a lot of attributes that we look for in our, in our base defense. One other inside linebacker with this recruiting group. This is a high school recruit from Tampa, Hillsborough High School, Joseph Sipp Jr. And again, this is a hotbed for football talent. Uh, give me your take on Joe. Joe is an awesome young man. Uh, uh, we had a prior relationship with Joe's dad. Uh, Joe's dad is a coach, so he's a coach's kid. He's a gym rat. He loves to play football. Uh, and that's really how we got we got in on him initially. Max, uh, Coach uh, Max knows his dad very, very well. But he, he's a great kid uh, for a lot of different reasons. Has really a great motor. Like I said, he's a gym rat. Uh, he's got an infectious personality. He loves the game of football. And he is a special player. He's got really good size. Uh, but his biggest attribute, I think, that we look for is his athletic ability. He's a guy that can run and he can hit. Uh, and he'll bring a lot to the table for us. Now he's at six foot two ten, as you mentioned, just coming out of high school. So this is a classic guy that's probably gonna have to put on some weight, sure. and some muscle, and uh, that's sort of what you you look for, right? Absolutely. And you know the thing that the thing that he has, you know, we can develop guys, we can get them bigger, we can get them stronger. Uh, you can't always develop speed, and Joe has really good speed, outstanding quickness, um, and and then we'll build on that as we get him a little bit bigger and stronger as he kind of works through our program. We continue to talk BGSU football recruiting. Coach Cato June is with us to talk about a linebacker recruit, getting one another one out of Maryland. That's been a big area for this class for BGSU. Kanan Williams listed at 6'2", 190, and an outside linebacker type. So take me through his skill set, why you guys liked him. Well, one, he comes with a DB background, and uh, we don't have uh, guys on the roster that, you know, either they were – Outside linebackers, hand-in-the-dirt guys, or just your, mm-hmm. your, your bigger, stockier guys. He's more of an athletic guy that you can play in space. 
Uh, that can be a bigger body. He'll probably end up being 215. Uh, he's 205 right now, so it's like he's already here and, you know, working out and getting ready. So a guy that can play in space, be physical at the point of attack, uh, and give you that, that defensive back uh, footwork and, and playing in space is a good thing. So uh, this is uh, obviously a kid where you saw what he was doing in high school and you have to project a little bit as you're recruiting him. Is that uh, difficult to do? I think my position is a projection position because either the guys either have their hand down and they rush pretty much every down or they're just your bigger guys that uh you know that play on the edge and and don't do a lot of playing in space man cover stuff now when we talk about uh, the room with your position is there uh, a chance for some of the younger guys to play or recruits in specific or is, do you feel pretty good about your depth there uh, i think iron sharpens iron so the many time you bring a guy in that plays that has a, a unique skill set uh, that brings to the room. He'll give himself an opportunity to, you know, make plays. And at the end of the day, it's whoever's making the plays and whoever can go out there and help the team win, uh, whether you're young or old, is, is the guys that's going to, you know, get the most playing time. We move to the defensive line now, talking BGSU football recruiting. D-line coach Julian Kimpenny is with us, and Got a kid out of the Motor City, Devontae Miles, and it's not often you see 6'5", 275 for a high school recruit coming to BGSU on the D-line. Uh, I sense that this is the guy that's generating some excitement for you. Oh, no doubt. I mean, he looks like he's been here five years already. <laughs> um, but really excited about getting him. He was, uh, he was committed to Michigan for a long time, and uh, his teammate Jalen Hawley was here. So um, once I found out he was available, it was all hands on deck to try and get him and get him in the boat. And he did, and I'm really excited. I think he's going to be a really good player here. You know, we talk a lot, especially at Mid-American Conference, it takes a year or two for most guys on the lines, offensive or defensive, to start playing a lot. Yeah. But I get the feeling you think he can contribute quicker than that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, just, just his sheer size coming in is so much different than a lot of the kids that we get. Um, you know, the time it takes to put on weight and play and, and have functional strength – He's already got walking into the door. So if he's ready mentally and, and maturity-wise to come in and play right away, I'm just going to take the leash off and let him get after it. So is he a guy that we're going to see on the inside more with that size, or is he capable of being a rush guy on the on the edge? Uh, potentially. Um, I think just getting him in and seeing how he moves and, and progresses will kind of detail where he's going to be. I think the good thing about him is he can play inside or outside. So it's just finding out what he's comfortable with in the fit and uh, going from there. And always nice to get great recruits out of the Detroit area because that's a pretty fertile ground. Absolutely. Right in our backyard. Uh, it's been good to us. There's a ton of great players. So to add another one from the Motor City is a plus. Alex Bear is back at BG, uh, coaching special teams now. And we got a couple of specialists to talk about. Let's start with the kicker out of the Cleveland area. Owen Rosance is coming in, and give me a, a sort of a scouting report on this guy. Sure, o Owen's so he's a graduate transfer from West Liberty, um, guy with a lot of experience. He, you know, he's played for multiple years now. He's done a lot of kicks. He's, he's punted. He's done kickoffs. I mean, he's done a little bit of everything, and he's going to bring that veteran leadership into the group. Um, and a guy, like I said, has a lot of experience and. And we're expecting big things out of them. Yeah, and, you know, you hear a lot of times that recruiting kickers from high school to college can be a difficult projection for a lot of reasons. But uh, to get a guy that's been kicking at the collegiate level, 
even though at uh, West Liberty that's Division Two, I believe. Mm-hmm. But still, that game experience is really invaluable. It is. It is, and, and we all know who we had here last year. And Nate Needham mm-hmm. did a fantastic job. He set the bar really high. Um, and, and I'm looking forward to really the competition out of the out of the specialists this year because we have a, you know, we graduated our punter, our kicker, and, and our long snapper. So all three jobs are going to be wide open, and it's going to be a great um, competition in the spring and, and in fall camp. And I think Owen's going to you know do a really good job for us with that. Speaking of that, you naturally bring in a punter, and uh, out of Australia, which has turned into a gold mine for punters, Sammy Sir is this young man's name. Uh, tell me about him. Yeah, Sammy, great kid, great kid. I actually finally just met him um, a week ago. He had, he had some trouble getting in, in, <laughs> yeah. into the United States, but uh, he's a great kid with a great leg, and you know he's going to be very dynamic with with what we want to do in our punt scheme. Um, he he can do it all. He can he can punt from the pocket. He can roll out, um, and I think it's going to make us very versatile in, in what we can do. How do you? recruit a guy from Australia. I mean, I know there's, there are camps and, and mm-hmm. clinics and things that all players go to that may be stateside or there, but how do you recruit guys from Australia? You're seeing a lot more now. Uh, he, he comes out of Pro Kick Australia, mm-hmm. which is an organization down there that has been feeding more and more Australian kickers and punters in, in, you know, into the United States, and, and he comes from there, and, and um, you know, he's, he's done a really good job. He's got a lot of great film. Um, he's a little more experienced. Um, you know, he's not your typical 18-year-old high school kid. He's, right. he's about 26, 25, and um, you know, and, and we're just expecting really big things out of him, and, and and excited to have him there. That's Alex Bear, special teams coach here at BGSU, as we continue to review the latest recruiting class. Final segment of the Ziggy cast today, we hear from head coach Scott Leffler. He joined me at Frickers for the Falcons Nest Coaches Show this past Monday. We talked about recruiting and other things. Just recently in your rearview mirror, another recruiting class, and I would dare say this was the most unique recruiting class you ever had to work on. Of course, the transfer portal is now a way of life for college athletics, plus the extra COVID year really allowed for some more transfers from Grad transfers, they got an extra year of eligibility. So all this has been in the works. So this year you have nine transfers and 12 high school signees, roughly. Talk about just having to work around it in the new reality before we talk any specifics. Yeah, it's, uh, we were going to go down this path. Uh, we, we decided this year to do it. We could have done it last year, but we felt uh, as a staff that we needed to get one more um, class of high school kids and have a foundation of three classes before we went down this uh, rabbit hole of the transfer portal. But uh, it's a totally, completely different game now. Um, it's, um, I really feel bad for the high school students, to be honest with you. Ohio generally has 180 Division I football players, and this year they only signed 90, mm. which is unbelievable, and it's because of this portal. But... Um, we, we took nine transfers. Uh, we felt we, like we filled some holes, and uh, we'll take anywhere probably in May, anywhere between two and seven more transfers in May. And it's a different kind of recruiting to bring in transfers. These guys have already been playing elsewhere. Uh, of these nine that you've signed so far, 
you had some kind of connection, though, with a lot of them, either through previous recruiting stops where you coached or where some of your coaches coached or something like that, right? No doubt about it. Uh, you know, we've done such a good job in, in regards to uh, cleaning up our locker room and, and developing a, a, a good culture. And uh, we're not going to take uh, a guy that we don't know about inside and out. We either were recruiting them uh, these last three years or we have some type of relationship with their coach. And um, that was the case with all of these kids, that we knew these kids uh, uh, pretty much before they uh, walked in the door, which was great. And also uh, something that you were telegraphing while the season was going on, as we talked about every week, an offensive line that had several young players playing, you made no bones about it. The transfer portal would be a way to shore up an offensive line with experienced guys, and you did that, I think, signing four transfer O-linemen, right? Yeah, and we're planning on probably taking uh, this May anywhere between two and three more offensive linemen. We want to make sure uh, that that position uh, has depth finally. And, uh, you know, that was uh, our Achilles heel last year, and it wasn't our kids' fault. They were young. We... We knew that we'd be playing a bunch of youth. Um, this is going to give them an opportunity to watch older guys and, uh, and also to develop. Uh, we really think that the guys that are playing for us right now and played for us in the fall are going to be super, super good football players. It's just they needed time. We're talking BGSU football with head coach Scott Leffler. Falcon football team will open the 2022 season at UCLA on uh, Labor Day weekend. And uh, they are going to have a number of new players from the transfer portal and coach when you look at the type of offensive lineman that you were looking for did it really matter were you looking across the board were you looking for more tackles or guards or were you just looking for numbers and uh, experienced bodies experienced bodies number one uh, we feel that uh, the next phase that we have to take is uh, we need to get two more tackles in here in may so we're planning on taking uh, two outside guys and uh, probably if we can get a third, it'll be another interior guy just to shore up and make sure that, uh, that we have enough depth and experience to, uh, to be really good at that position. You know, that's, uh, if we're good at, up on the offensive front, uh, it's going to give us a chance to be a pretty good football team next year. The guys you brought in, Jakari Robinson is one of the O-linemen. Uh, Marcelo Mendiola is another one. Uh, you bring in also Cameron Warner. And of these transfer guys that have played, uh, do any of them stick out as guys you really expect to step right in and make a big difference? I think uh, Jakari will for sure. Jakari uh, started two years at Cincinnati for Coach Fickle. Um, he's a very talented, older guy, very mature. He's married. He has a kid um, and a beautiful little, little daughter. But uh, he's a super, super mature guy that has already made an impact with our young players. He's getting them on the field. Um, they're uh, doing a ton of individual together, and uh, he's going to bring some experience, but also is going to bring that room along really quick. And uh, we're really happy with Jakari. Also, of those transfers, is it a mixture of guys with one year of eligibility and some with multiple, or kind of a mixed bag there? We wanted to take as many guys with multiple years that uh, that we could possibly get. Obviously, there's a handful of guys that are going to be a one and done. But uh, we, you know, we preferred having a guy anywhere between two and three years of eligibility. So, we, again, they're around here for some time. 
And all of the transfers, does that mean they are already enrolled now so they can take part in spring? That was also part of the whole arrangement, right? Correct. And uh, our university did a great job with this. It's, uh, it was a complete mess. Um, you know, we had to get uh, these nine new guys into school, and a lot of times it took two and three days uh, to do it. And uh, our university really did a great job of adapting and adjusting and getting these guys in here. Uh, it wasn't an easy process at all. Uh, I think the May process will be easier because obviously you've got more time, but whenever you are official visiting a kid and getting him into school the next day and he's starting school on Tuesday, it's pretty interesting. Speaking of the May period, go over the, the timeline or the calendar. When, when is the time that you can sign more guys and, and how is that doable? Is that going to be based on maybe people that are in your program now deciding to transfer or something like this? How does this work in May? Well, it's a, uh, a one-time deal that the NCAA is uh, giving um, colleges across the country to they still haven't came up with a formula how this thing's really mm. looks. I mean, we're doing it, but um, we're allowed to have 85 scholarships, 85 kids on scholarship, but you're only allowed to take 25 per year. We have one scholarship still available, so if 10 kids left, we would have the ability only to sign one. So they gave, um, they gave a, a little bit of a relief in May that if you lose seven guys, you can bring in seven guys. If you lose ten, you can only st still bring in seven. So it's a way that, uh, you know, we know that the free agent market in May is probably going to be even bigger than it is now because of uh, spring football. All of a sudden, these kids, uh, they go through spring, they realize that they're third on the depth chart, and then they transfer to try to give themselves a better opportunity to play. So we'll, you know, we'll, we'll be in that world of 10 to 12 guys, just, and I think that'll be what the average is nationally, and it's just part of our world right now. I'm not saying I necessarily like it, but it's, it's reality. It's, it's the, the world we're living in now. Yeah, it just is what it is, and you have to be able to deal with it. And as you said, spring practice will tell the tale for a lot of who leaves and who stays. Uh, before we talk more about your recruiting class, Coach, a little preview of spring football because some years you're of a mindset when you have maybe a veteran team coming back that you just want to kind of get them in the flow and not you know go out there and bang each other too much. we got veterans. We know what they're doing. But I think you're in the mode where maybe you need to find some things out in the spring. Talk about that. We do. And uh, we, we push uh, spring football back. And uh, the reason for it is that we wanted to have more time in the weight room to develop our, our youth. Uh, we needed to get stronger, bigger. Uh, that was obvious from last year. And uh, we're going to start spring football uh, March 23rd. We're going to go two days back-to-back -back in shorts. And then on Saturday, we'll be in full pads. And uh, the philosophy is uh, going to be we're going to go really, really hard and physical at least twice a, w twice a week. Uh, the third, third day might be a, uh, a little bit less, more throwing. Um, but we need to find some things out. We need to get this, these new offensive players, new defensive players into the system. We need to find out their strengths and weaknesses. And then uh, after spring football, you could be having new guys come in. You're going to lose new guys, and you start all over. And, you, and you, you know, you're hoping by June uh, to really have a, a really good handle on who you're going to be because, again, we could have – 
eight new dudes in our program in the month of May. One scholarship that we have remaining and then seven more. So it's a, uh, it's a unique deal. I think in the, in, the, in, the, in the near future, what you're going to see is I think the NCAA will go, we're going to have a very, very limited spring football, uh, completely different than what we're, what we're accustomed to. And then the whole month of June, I see it being just like pro football. We're in OTAs. And the reason I say that's going to occur is, again, you're not knowing as a coach till really June 1st who's truly on your team and who's left and what have not. So, you know, I, I know that there's colleagues that, uh, that, that I've been dis discussing this with, and, you know, we would really like to see the rule change that let's have a limited spring practice. Maybe it's seven practices, eight practices, um, mini camp type of philosophy. And then um, go in June and play play it let play it like the pros do. We've been talking about recruiting, but also coach uh, uh, some slight changes on your coaching staff. Not huge turnover, which is good, but a little bit of change. Now, first of all, your your offensive coordinator and uh, uh, former BG assistant coach, longtime guy Terry Malone, has uh, gone back to the uh, to the south, I guess you'd say. So he had to make some changes. We did, uh, Coach Malone. Uh, his entire, uh, almost all his kids are now uh, down there in Baton Rouge, so this is a great opportunity for him, not only professionally, but also personally to get uh, to be around his kids more, which is great. But uh, we lost Liggs and we lost um, um, uh, Coach Malone. Uh, we hired Alex Bear, a former captain here, really good tight end here. He's going to be running our special teams. We brought in a veteran coach, uh, Brian White, who uh, was the offensive coordinator in Wisconsin all those great years with, uh, with Barry Alvarez. He was at Washington. He was with us at Florida. He was with us at Boston College. He's coached a Heisman Trophy winner. He's really, really experienced guy that knows football, has great relationships with the kids. He's, he'll be a great asset uh, with our staff, uh, particularly on offense. Uh, just because uh, he's got great knowledge. We moved uh, um, Max Warner and uh, Greg Nosal are going to be co-coordinators. Co and uh, so we just had to move some things around, move some responsibility around. But it was great to get Brian in here. Uh, he's really going to be a uh, big asset to our players and our staff. And that uh, running back spot, that was a spot unlike the offensive line we were talking about at running back. You had depth. I mean, you played four, five, six guys even, and all showed a little bit of something when they got their opportunities. So Brian's got a, a real passel of guys to work with here that are young but talented. Really, uh, Brian's really excited about that group. Uh, you know, it's, it's nice having an outsider walk in. Um, he said it, uh, and it was good to hear, and he's a guy that's going to give you his true assessment. He said, Scott, we get a couple more linemen in this program. We grow up a little bit. We're going to have a heck of a chance to win some games next year. And uh, we're very excited about next year's team. This is uh, the first year that I'm extremely optimistic of where we're at. We've, we're going to finally have depth across our board, uh, which is great. And, uh, you know, we're going to get older, and that's the whole key. You've got to get old and you've got to stay old. And uh, that's how, you know, Bowling Green has won in the past. So that's our, that's our plan. What about the wide receiver position, Coach? You also uh, brought in some recruits there, both of the uh, high school variety and the transfer portal. 
you, your wide receiver group, you felt needed a little bit of a jolt from a more established player or two as well? Yeah, we felt uh, we still needed uh, one or two more guys. There's a chance that we might bring another one in here in May. We would like to. Um, and, uh, but uh, this OJ uh, from, uh, from Florida, I grew up uh, in South Florida. He can go. And uh, he's a great kid, very smart. Um, had, uh, I want to say, like 96 catches, I want to say, last year in uh, FCS. And uh, he's a good player, good kid. Glad to have him. Yeah, that would be Odu Hilaire, I think is how you say his first name. But uh, obviously they call him OJ. And, you know, when you look at your offense, of course, most people start with the quarterback. You'll have Matt McDonald back for a third year. And it's been a tough couple of years for Matt. The first year, the, the full COVID-shortened year, he was banged up. The team really struggled. This past year, he wasn't as banged up, but uh, as the season went on, he, he took his licks and you know, wasn't as productive probably as he would like. Uh, talk about Matt's development, though, and what you expect this year. Well, um, Matt's a senior, and uh, he'll play his best football. That's what all those senior guys that I've been a part of has done. And uh, for the first time, he's going to have uh, people around him. He's going to have an offensive line that uh, is going to be able to uh, protect him. If, if he's got protection, he normally doesn't miss. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, he's, he'll have a good year this year. There's no question. Yeah, obviously, you have coached a large number of quarterbacks at a very high level in your career. And even the best, when they don't have protection and they don't have it for extended periods of time, can get a bit gun-shy. But uh, Matt always seemed to have the ability to hang in there his toughness is hard to find. Uh, he's a really tough kid. Uh, played the entire year with a broken wrist. And uh, he's tough, you know. And uh, we get him uh, a few more birds uh, around him up front. Uh, and with the, with the guys that we've added, skill guys-wise, uh, we're going to be able to score, which is going to be great. And we feel uh, this could be our best defensive team we've had. We really think... Uh, this defensive unit that we're putting together uh, has a chance to be really good. Yeah, we haven't talked much about that, but you know, last year you come out with three wins, but your defense kept you in a lot of games. And really the Minnesota game, it's fair to say your defense won you that game. You win 14-10. Uh, your defense, as the season went on, just continued to perform. I think it probably exceeding everyone's expectations. A lot of these guys are back, right? They're all back. Uh, we only lost five guys, and uh, four of which were specialists. So we lost our kicking game, right. you know, essentially. And then uh, uh, Davon Smith, we've lost him, um, the guy that transferred in from Virginia Tech. But they're all back. And uh, the next year, we don't lose very many guys again. So um, we're getting old, and we just need to stay old. We can, can do that. Uh, good things are really going to happen these next couple of years for sure. On the defensive front, did you bring in some transfers to shore that up, or did you like their play last year and feel like you've got enough older depth there? What was your philosophy going into that? We, uh, we were able to get Devontae Miles, a, a really super talented freshman uh, that's going to come in. He was uh, really the only guy that really took at that position. Uh, he's a difference maker. He was committed to Michigan forever. He's a good football player, and he's going to have a great future here. Uh, we brought in D.J. Taylor to help us at linebacker. He was a transfer from uh, Coach Clawson's team at Wake Forest. He is a 240-pound guy that can really scoop. And um, started for Dave for two years down there. Got hurt, got beat out, and uh, 
he's a he's a really good player, and uh, we need to. Uh, we brought some uh, more secondary guys in uh, this this um, this January, but uh, we will definitely take a corner in May. We're definitely we need to, and uh, we think with another corner, a couple offensive linemen, one more wide receiver, we got a chance to uh, to be whole finally at all positions, which is has not been the case here. Coach, you talked about D.J. Taylor and the fact he came from Wake Forest. And again, we talked about how you have to recruit the transfers and the type of kids that you look for. Clearly him playing for Coach Clawson gave you the connection to get a good feel for how a guy is going to fit in, right? No doubt about it. And that was an example. I did not know D.J. Taylor, but I have known Coach Clawson for quite some time inside and out. Um, he said it exactly how it was. This kid uh, has walked in here. He's done nothing but uh, great things since he's been here, and he's going to be a he's going to be a load. I mean, he's he's a big linebacker that can run sideline. I mean, he's a 240 pound guy that can run run. He really moves really well. Dave felt if he wouldn't have got hurt, he would have been an NFL player. Well, it'll be exciting to watch him out there on the field for BGSU. Falcons will open the season at UCLA coming up here in 2022 and. Coach, obviously the rest of the schedule, you know who you're going to play. The dates haven't been set yet, but nice to have uh, a date out there to, to set on your calendar now to get everything looking forward and be able to go to a historic venue like the Rose Bowl, an exciting start to your season coming up here. Yes, uh, hands down, not even close. It's uh, the fav my favorite stadium to play in, favorite stadium to coach in, favorite stadium to play in. Um, it's a it's a classic and uh, having our kids have the opportunity to go out and play UCLA in the Rose Bowl um, there's not much uh, there's not much better than that well again when we talk about your spring football um, again sort of lay out for the folks how you're going to do it on the calendar because you mentioned you're starting a little later lay that out for us how you're going to do that yeah we'll go uh tuesday wednesday uh saturday the first week and then from that point forward it'll always be uh we'll practice tuesday thursday saturday we'll lift and evaluate tape monday wednesday friday all installations will be done then and uh, so we'll be working uh six days out of the week which is great uh, it's my favorite time of the year, hands down. It's, it's uh, the ability, and, and especially this year, it's, it's going to be uh, probably our, our first spring where we're really going to move the needle of our team uh, significantly. So we're really excited about it. You're not starting, though, till March 23rd or 24th, right? The last week of March almost? Yep. We're doing that just to be able to uh, continue training and lifting weights. Is there uh, a determination about a quote-unquote spring game or an inter-squad scrimmage? Is that something you think will happen? April 20th, which is, a, I believe, a Saturday. Okay. Yes. Yep. We're, we're planning on that, and we'll see where that goes. But uh, hopefully, knock on wood, uh, we don't have COVID issues, and uh, we're able to, uh, to get a full 15 in. And just like I said, we want two, two out of the three practices during the week. We want to have pretty physical practices we've got to be smart obviously we've we finally got depth we can't beat the hell out of our team and lose that depth but there's some things that we need to uh to find out in terms of you know we got nine new okay gosh that's not true we got roughly 18 new kids mm -hmm. in our team because you had all the other freshmen are here besides a handful right. i think uh i think we only have five guys coming in in the summertime wow. so the majority of our football team is here
thanks to Coach Leffler and all the assistant coaches on this edition of the Ziggy Cast. Coach Eric Lewis, Coach Steve Morrison, Coach Cato June, Coach Julianne Campenny, and Coach Alex Baer. Great to review another recruiting class for BGSU football, and we look forward to the season opener at UCLA. Of course, before that, as you heard Coach talking about, spring practice, fall camp, a lot of things to get done for BGSU football, and we look forward to being there with them every step of the way. Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast. Be sure to go to the usual places to give us a good grade and spread the word about the Ziggy cast. And we will be back with another edition here very soon. Until then, this is Todd Walker saying hi, Ziggy Zumba. Thanks for listening to the BGSU Ziggy cast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation.